0: Extra 106.3 would like to welcome you home. This is the all four seasons home show with Jim Arcos and Dan Watkins only on Extra 106.3 FM.
1: Welcome to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Nearchus. Dan, good morning. Another great day. We have another great show, and I think it's so pertinent to most of our listeners. What's the one thing that really aggravates you on a daily basis, Dan?
2: Jim, that's a really <laughs> wide open question, and I could go on and on for probably the entire show about that. So I, I don't know if there's one thing, but certainly with my fleet of trucks, that's, right. that's always an right. aggravation and uh, right. a lot of repairs.
1: Right, exactly. And for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time that's dan watkins owner of all four seasons garage and entry doors here in atlanta and he sponsors our show and makes it possible and he has a fleet of trucks that goes out and takes care of people's garage door and front door problems so dan you say you have a fleet of trucks and there's always something breaking down right it is and you know in the summertime it's at its worst um just the
2: the sun just the temperature alone just seems like it it causes my trucks to break down much more often, we need we need extra trucks because we seems like we got four or five down every July, every August, right, uh, right. just with the temperature. And of course, during the whole year, right? Trucks are going to break down, and if you don't maintain them right, and you know, my guys are pretty hard on these
1: trucks, so. Yeah. Uh, it causes a lot of problems and a lot of repairs. Well, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have with us a gentleman who took some time off his busy schedule, and he is busy. Mr. DJ Feast of Joe's Automotive is here with us. He's our subject matter expert this week. DJ, welcome to the All Four Seasons Home Show. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Well, uh, we, I'd like, like to open up with a question. What is the one simple thing that vehicle owners could do on a regular basis that they tend to neglect or overlook or they just don't do it that ends up costing them a lot more money in the long run if they did do it on a regular basis what do you find well i
3: see two really two things really people one uh they ignore check engine lights until it just causes some kind of problem so they just keep going hoping it's going to turn off and think if it does you know it'll be okay so we see that and that ends up exacerbating the problem the other thing is alignments uh alignment check you're spending what now? $800,000 on a set of tires. So you're talking about $100 per thousand miles is about what you're spending. Right. If you have a bad alignment and you're wearing those tires poorly, that's another big deal.
1: Well, Dan, are you are you guilty of those two sins? Not getting your trucks aligned on a regular basis and ignoring truck check engine lights?
2: Well, listen, it's a long story, but uh, right now I have a check engine light on, and I've got uh, t- my front two tires are down to the down to the metal. But this is the other thing. There's there's a reason behind some of this too. The check engine part of it, I did have my mechanic take a look at it, and 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 they're so busy with my other trucks that i said listen if you don't need to do something this second i'll i'll wait a minute now on the tires i've gone through three sets of tires because and i won't talk about who we were using for our oil changes <laughs> and and our tire rotation but it was big company with a, a lot of a lot of different stores all around because we've got guys all over the city right and we we, we want it to be easy for them to get the oil change rotate the tires And I've had three separate times where it's supposed to be balanced, my tire's balanced, and it's like they can't get it right. So I'll tell you what, that's just like everything else we talk about on a weekly basis, right? Trying to get good employees or or just good companies. Sometimes you go in and you try to get something done right, and it still can't get it done right. So ironically enough, next week I'm going to be taking it in and i want the full tune-up i want this thing has got to get straightened out on the balance of the tires because
1: you're right you go ten thousand miles and your tires are already wearing down yeah. really bad it, it's aggravating it costs a lot of money well you know our buddy kenny hartman that has hammocks ac who's been on the show before he has yeah. a fleet of trucks sure. he's in the heating and air business and that's how i i met dj dj handles all his fleet business and he he came highly recommended from kenny so dj you know all about that fleet business don't you
3: oh yeah you got to fix them going down the road <laughs> those guys can't stop
1: What kind of training? I'm just curious, you know, uh, what kind of training does a master mechanic have? I mean, what should they have?
3: Well, you know, master mechanics really, true master mechanics are far and few between. It's about eight levels of criteria that you have to have, including internal transmission work. So Mm -hmm. they're far and far less. Really, the biggest thing is like an ASE certified mechanic is Mm -hmm. going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, years of experience is really going to be the the biggest thing that you're going to have. Right. Um, You have book smarts, and then you have on-site, you know, basically training while you're working and all that stuff. Experience is the biggest part.
1: Right. That was going to be my next question. How is important for a shop to be a part of these automotive associations and to have ASE certified mechanics? Is that just kind of a marketing hype or is that something that's legitimate?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have the top, you know, the top echelon of of guys are always going to be really good and whether they're certified or not, how many years they experience they have is going to be a big deal. But there is an importance when you're hiring, say, an entry level guy or having a guy doing general service and maintenance you do want him to be certified so that he can Know what he's doing, not make mistakes, do those things. So it is important. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it is important. It's important to have a standard, and that's what ASC does. I see.
2: You've got diesel engines. You've got gas engines. You've got foreign cars. You've got, uh, obviously, your domestic cars. It seems like there is a difference when some mechanics can handle some things and not the other. I mean, I've definitely noticed that with our trucks. You know, you get a certain mechanic that might be really good, but you uh, you got a diesel truck, and all of a sudden, you know, you keep having to send it back, and they think, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do it, and I keep having to send it back to to that guy talk a little bit about that i mean what kind of specialties are there and and what should somebody look for if they had a diesel engine or a foreign car or or what have you
3: well you know i think it's important to you know there's certain people that have multiple cars right somebody may have a european a diesel and a a, say a domestic car a chevy or a ford or something like that they may go to three different mechanics because they are specialized diesel engines are very different from a gas combustion engine some of them are going to have spark plugs and things like that most diagnostics is done with the cab completely off the truck, or you know, so it's it's hard to diagnose those. When it comes to European cars, there are a lot of data sets that are completely different, you know, than what most general repair shops are going to have. Dealers are always going to have the best stuff, right? But then your other shops that specialize in those things, they're going to have money invested into you know those data sets that they have, where they can look at better wiring diagrams and have factory scanners, things like that. Um, and then you have your domestic stuff, which most people do work on. But then again, you have the kind of higher end places that really know what they're talking about and that's going to be more what parts they put on the car and what kind of information they're giving the customer is a big part of really what you're you're asking me when you do go back why are we doing this repair why are you putting this part on my car what part are you putting on my car and what kind of warranty do I have because that's important these days
2: well and maybe talk a little bit more about those parts and what's the difference between kind of a cheap brake pad and a good one and 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 how much you know how much more can you get out of it right for the price if you're buying good parts versus bad parts
3: well one of the easiest things one of the things most people do right they're going to lot of people change their own brake pads, stuff like that. It's a good little hobby, you know, whatever they do. There is a difference in parts you put on. So the higher end pads that aren't gonna have the dust and the squeaking and all the things that people complain about, they're just made differently. They're compressed differently, the material's different. Um, ceramic pads are always gonna be quiet and, and less dust. Back in the day you had like metal pads and semi metal and they would have that kind of roar when you're stopping, those kind of things in all parts, whether it's brake pads or whatever original equipment's always going to be really good you're always going to know it's fitting going to fit right it's going to it's going to act right especially when it comes to electrical parts aftermarket has caught up and done some good things on some cars that are say maybe five or six years old and and older Um, some of the newer cars like if you're talking uh hey my 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 air quit blowing out of the vents what's going on the blower motor quit working well you know you may want to get a dealer part for that because that's a very intricate electric part that that moves
2: So what electrical parts? I mean, what's the rule of thumb on that for you? As far as um, if you're making that decision for somebody, I mean,
3: well, it it uh, it does depend on the vehicle. Um, Say it's a 2000 Honda Accord. I I know what I can get. Um, If it's a 2010 Lexus, like a SUV, I'm going to put a Lexus part on there. I'm going to buy it from the dealer and put it on there just because I know it's going to work. We've been bit a few times, so we try. We try to save money, but at some, you know, when I'm a when I'm a consumer and I'm bidding on garage doors or I'm bidding on something or having somebody bid on something, you know, you look at the lowest and then you see the highest and somewhere in between is probably the truth, right? So um, what kind of parts are you putting on? Are they going to put the good stuff on? And why are you charging me this price? That's something that we try to educate the customer to do. And I think any good shop does.
2: Well, that's part of, too, probably that experience you're talking, you're not going to find it in a book, right? right. I mean, that's that's exactly. what you're figuring out because you, you have been burned a few times or you've... Uh, you know fix the same car 3 times because of a certain part that was <laughs> that's put what on. you don't want yeah well you know Absolutely.
1: Dan as you know I had Jaguar a couple of Jaguars for a few years and it was a nightmare you know you, it, Jaguar, it lived up to the reputation they always had to go to Jaguar <laughs> to get the part and you know it was crazy that's why t- today I drive a GMC Acadia and I'm a happy man <laughs>
2: i know it's funny the, the Jaguars has always had a reputation that they break down all the time and then Jim got one and he got to feel the pain yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) a reference is a good idea for for consumers to get references for mechanics yeah
3: i mean i think i think you know if you're looking for a shop um and 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 you need somebody one reviews are huge right and not just Mm -hmm. you can buy five-star reviews and you can be all five-star but how many reviews do they have? You know, do they right. have a couple hundred? Because if they're doing that, they obviously care about their search engine optimization, yeah. all those things. Is there a couple of times that you can look in those reviews where there was maybe some conflict and how did that how did that shop react to it and things like that? You know, and that's a big right. part of it. Are they communicating with you? Are they ahead of repairs? Are they educating you on what's going on with it? Right. You know, those are all things that that are Truthfully, the the worst parts of, of my industry is the, I don't want to say bait and switch, but the, you know, throw a couple parts on it, see what happens, don't really tell anybody what's going on. Um, we like to take ownership of what we put on, you know, and I yeah, think any wow. good shop does that. And I think customers should demand that, truthfully. Yeah, wow.
2: yeah I'll tell you what, Jim, when, you, when it comes to cars, that's one thing. If you can get a referral from somebody on that, it, it's so hard to find good, honest people as far as – uh as, as cars go, because you know, you know, people are getting taken advantage of. You know, women, particularly, right, sure. can really get taken advantage of, and you can sell a lot of extra parts or parts for a, a lot more money that maybe they don't even need. Listen, we can we can get into that. Uh, we probably we probably need a few more minutes to get into that. We're getting <laughs> close to the break.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, and and Dan, you know, he t- uh, DJ touched on reviews. You, you're all about reviews, aren't you? And, 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 you know, because every review is not going to be great, but it's how you handle it in the end, right? How well, you handle a
2: problem. I think that that's true, and I also think one of the things that that DJ said that that's true. You know, people can buy reviews and stuff, and what you need to do is really look and see if they're using people's names and they write. You know, people don't just write one line. Hey, this is the greatest shop ever, you know, and then that's it, right? They're using people's names. They're, they're telling you about what did happen, and I think you got to look at these, uh, look at these reviews with a discerning eye and and see if somebody kind of pumped these things in or if. Um you know, if they're legitimate, uh, le- legitimate reviews. And of course, there's a lot of places you can go for reviews.
1: Well, we're up against a break, gentlemen. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the All Four Seasons Home Show right here on Extra 106.3, the home of Fox News Radio. We're here with DJ Feast of Joe's Automotive. We'll be right back because DJ's got a lot more tips that are going to save you money and a lot of
0: aggravation. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money, This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3.
1: Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Nearchus, and I want to remind you, you can listen to us every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Extra 106.3 FM or 1230 a.m. You can also check out our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google. This week, we're with DJ Feast of Joe's Automotive, giving lots of good tips and advice on what how to choose a mechanic and Little tips on how to maybe keep keep yourself from going to see a mechanic right away if you do the right thing with your car on a monthly basis. Right, Dan?
2: That's right. you got to keep that thing
1: on the road, and the only way to do it is with good maintenance. Absolutely. Now, are should estimates be free, DJ?
3: Oh, sure. There's a lot of things that should be free. You know, I think um, suspension stuff when you're having, a, say, a noise, when you hit a pothole and you're hearing a noise, you know, checks like that, brake checks, um, alignment checks cooling system checks where you want to just check your fluid levels things like that Mm -hmm. those should all be free and those should all be educational to the customer you know if it's a situation where you're losing a little bit of coolant but don't quite have the money to to get to a shop to get it fixed right away get in there let them look at it let them tell you the refill procedure when to refill it you know it's always best to do that when it's cold things like that are going to help you where you can kind of maintain your own car until you Mm -hmm. can stretch out a budget to get it fixed
1: you know, what I was curious about, Dan, is how important image is in their business. You know, there's a million auto repair shops. What about a clean waiting room, a neat organized shop? Does that impress people? Does it impress you, Dan, when you see a... Yeah, I think it does, right? I mean, people, you know, I heard this a
2: long time ago. You can judge a person, you know, I, I back in the day, and Jim could tell you, I mean, listen, I had to scrap and fight for everything to, to start my business. I had renters in my household at that time. Just so I could pay the bills. And I remember thinking, you know, somebody told me and said, you can judge somebody by if you look at their car, how clean they're going to be when they move into your house, too. And I think that's, you know, a similar kind of thing when you go in and look at a business like that as well. Right. They're going to see how clean you're going to be right when you're working on their car and, and maybe. Whether it's true or not, it's something that I think a lot of people think
3: about. I think it's a big deal. I mean, I think it's important for residential homes. It's important when you walk into a shop, what's it look like? Is there trash everywhere? Are there parts everywhere? You know, what are they doing with those parts? Because most of the core stuff that you use and, and you're not using anymore, they take back for a charge, right? Or you have scrap metal and you have somebody pick it up. But I think curb appeal is important. I've spent a tremendous amount of money trying to make my shop look very good and get that kind of eye-opening when you're driving by so that you can see it so it's it's advertising you know as much as anything some and of those
1: auto repair shops look like a bomb was dropped off You know, mm-hmm. they look like a junkyard instead of an auto repair shop well they do and you know when, when you gotta sit in
2: there for a while which you do <laughs> right i mean sometimes you gotta you sometimes you gotta sit in that waiting room you know you sitting, I like get grease you,
1: on your pants on the waiting room right <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, listen, you
2: when you when you're looking in there, you'd like to be a little more comfortable. Not yeah, I right. feel like you're getting grease when you sit down on on something. I think to me that would be a would be an important image as far as an auto mechanic is concerned.
3: The other thing is is when you keep driving by a place and you're thinking about going there, always look and see what cars are there. Like, if they got the same cars there every day and they look busy, but they're the same cars, are they getting cars out? How long is your car going to sit there? Right, right. You know, are are you seeing different cars? Are they busy and seeing different cars? Like, that's a good thing to look at as well.
1: What about the estimates? You know, people going for an estimate and somebody can give them a verbal estimate, but should estimates be written?
3: I think certain ones are and certain ones aren't, right? Mm -hmm. So I know, uh, you know, I know if somebody comes in and needs pads and rotors, you know, they're probably going to be in the the $300 range, you know. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of give them a ballpark if that's what they're looking at they're wanting something pretty intricate first i want to ask why so if somebody calls me up needs a timing chain for a gmc acadia and i say well why why do you need it and how many miles are on it you know what i mean and and that's something i'd really like to look at first tell you why is it even worth fixing at that point you know has it got too many miles are we running into something where you're going to spend 1500 dollars here and then spend 2500 on a new motor later on certain ones are and certain ones aren't but if somebody wants a definitive investment and they're shopping it then sure i mean it's not that hard to to pull the vent of the car and put actual parts together and do that stuff. It's about yeah. a three-minute process. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, technology has definitely impacted your business in more ways than one, right? really oh, yeah. With the cars, with the computers. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, there's like online car repair estimate sites. RepairPal.com is an online car repair estimator tool. Can these type of estimator tools open a customer's eyes to the real cost of repairs or... Do they just confuse the issue?
3: I think it can give you a ballpark. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some variance in it's going to be a variance in like quality of parts, right? Mm-hmm. So certain part houses have a lot less cost involved in the parts, also not as good a part uh, versus like say a dealer part, which is right. going to be a higher higher right. uh, cost. But it, I think it can give you a range. You know, if it says three to five hundred dollars, that's that's pretty accurate. I see it on forums all the time for different vehicles and stuff. And somebody's like, "What's a rear main seal cost on a Jeep Wrangler?" You know, or something like that. So it does give you a, a mm-hmm. good ballpark idea of what you're going to be spending and then it's plus or minus a few bucks from there
2: you know what about on the labor side of things right i mean there's there's a variance on how fast one guy could get it done versus another guy and i know there's some book pricing on some of that kind of stuff but but how you know how does that work Do I let everybody know
3: kind of how that works and what they should expect i don't well I you have an like industry normal. standard for for each job right so there's a baseline for what it, it is going to cost and that's based on one person at a dealership basically that does nothing but that. So if he's doing uh, removing and installing drive shafts all day because they have a recall in drive shafts, well, they know that's going to take him a half hour or whatever it is. So a lot of that's based on that. That baseline is the mechanic's money. And if he can beat the, if he can beat the book, he's making money. And that's how they make a living because um, they're working on flagged hours based on commission. Most of them are. There is some other variances to that. but um, So you have that stuff. You also have where the book's right and the book's wrong okay so you have uh say a water pump on a gmc sierra you know it's going to pay three and a half hours to a mechanic because we do 200 of them a year and know exactly what it takes to do it so that they can make a little bit of money and the shop does too the book may say it's 3.2 we know it's three and a half that kind of thing but people should ask people should ask labor rates and should ask that stuff
1: you know how much of your daily routine is educating customers on a problem in other words you give them an estimate it's it may be more intricate it's more expensive and they say wait a minute you know why uh, you know how can it be that much i didn't know there was that much wrong with it you actually have to educate them and explain things and take time to get them to absorb it right wouldn't education be a part of your daily routine oh it is more than absolutely think it is oh
3: i mean you have people come in and and uh, you know they come in for one thing and then you realize hey that's not as big a deal as this other thing you got going on right now i have to tell them and sell them on that <laughs> job and why uh had it had it happened this you have week to get the bad news you do it is and sometimes you're sometimes you're a shrink and you got to sit them down on the table for a poor kid that may or may not afford it uh can afford it at that moment but Um, Yeah, it is a big part of it. But education is understanding why are we doing this. So is it, you know, prioritize things based on safety and drivability and those kind of things. uh, It's kind of really the checklist you have to go down with them and let them know. And that's what a shop should be telling a customer. You know, it should be telling them this is why we're going to do this. You know, do you find a lot of people coming in for that second opinion at your shop and,
2: you know, just people really trying to stick it to somebody or, or, you know, just telling
3: them they need things that they don't really need? Yeah, you see that. Um, you see some things where, where uh, they call you and they say, hey, you know, uh, a, a GMC Acadia, for instance, I, they told me I need every coil. And I'm like, that's weird because I can name on one hand how many coils I put on a GMC Acadia, you know. So you do have some of that stuff. So that's usually the the, the situation where you're like, let me see it, you know. And they, and there is that. There is going to be high sales shops that you have um, that are going to want to sell as many parts as they can to you because they're playing a numbers game. You're They're running through you. You know, they know you're not coming back or may or may not come back. Um, you have some of the smaller shops that rely on their customers and repeat business, and they're going to want to take care of their customer a little bit different. Um, and then you have the the exception or, or, or maybe the rule sometimes, but um, where you befriend a service writer at a bigger shop, and they really do take care of you. But, you know, the biggest thing is consistency. You know, it's like going to the dentist. You don't go to a different dentist every every time you go. Try to go back to the same guy. I think customers should try to do that with with repair shops because they really will get more benefit out of that when it's, when the when the mechanic really knows their car right. and, and I think it's important for them to talk to the mechanic that's fixing the car. Um, my guys at my shop do that they talk to the customers they know the customers because it's important to them to to see them on the road and see them driving and enjoying what they're doing so
1: what about employees? Do you have a hard time finding experienced honest w- w- good work ethic dan you you might want to touch on that well listen we we talk about you have it any week. experience in that dan
2: yeah i have a lot of experience and uh <laughs> if you listen to the show every week it's probably a broken record but um <laughs> you know and 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 it's funny because you know who does well with with me in the garage door business is mechanics They they tend to do very well in the garage door business just they can think through things and they they understand how things work um, and obviously, they're not afraid to to use their hands and get them, get them dirty. But how has it been for you finding, finding mechanics? I've, I've heard it's yeah. been pretty tough. There's
3: a shortage of, of skilled labor, I think, in, in, in all industries, yeah. truthfully right now. Um, mechanics are tough. It's tough to come by. One, that's honest. I mean, you got to have an honest mechanic, especially as an owner of a shop. Um, you know, if, if something's broken and it's his fault, you know, we're going to take care of that. And it happens. It's a machine. You're working on it. But I need them to be honest and not say, well, it was like that when they got here. Because now, now who's paying for that? The customer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what you want. You know, when they come in for a brake job and you break off the something on the caliper, you know what I mean? Or a guide pin or whatever it may be. Um, so it's important to find a, uh, an honest one. Um, you know, the, the, the shops that have a good mechanic, they take care of them. You know what I mean? And, and you have to. Um, I bet. And and you got to do it at all costs uh, because they just are that good at what they do. Um, And if they're good and they're honest and they're quick, man, you got to do what you got to do to hold on to them. So it is it is tough to find um, good ones. I've had some turnover at my shop and have been through it. I've had three or four different guys on my heavy line side doing the suspension work and stuff like that. And um, you got to know where to try to look and find them. And and do you train them um, with without any habits or do you? You know, hire a guy with experience that may already have some bad habits or do things a little different, and and that's the real. What's your thoughts on that? Because it's it's, it's uh, I'm dealing with that myself, right. and we've we kind of stopped
2: bringing in the experience. You know, right. they, there are bad habits. You said that exactly how yeah. I say it, and the reality is, if I can get kind of a new person that doesn't have those bad habits, you kind of teach them the way you want things done. Obviously, it takes a little time before they get good. They're slow. Um, but I think you got a better employee. What, what do you, you know, how I think, do you feel?
3: I think I think I always put character number one when I'm hiring anybody in, in whatever business I've had or profession I've been in. Um, I think character is always number one. And then two, I think if you have the energy, right, or your manager has the energy to train these people, because you, you can lose them, right? You spend six, eight months investing in them and then they, they, they get pretty good at what they're doing and they get another offer somewhere and they're gone. That's tough. Uh, so, but I think it's worth it. I think I think there's a transaction between every person that comes through your business. And you learn from each person, um, truthfully, bad or good. And you learn from those mistakes. And I think character is always going to be a better employee. If you take them, train them the way you want them, they're going to be a better employee than the guy that comes in with 20 years experience that ha- may have a bad attitude.
2: Yeah, he does you – know, he may do work great, but right, if he comes in late or – you know, he takes too many days off or he, you know, he gives right. you an attitude every time you, you question something, then it's hard to put up with that. So it can I, be I toxic. A, I think a lot of people don't really understand, you know, that don't own businesses, that, right. that type of a, hey, you, you hit all the points, right? If, yeah. They could leave on you. You train them. Yeah. Do you got to pay them for how long where they're not, they're not bringing any revenue in for you and that's just a expense yeah. out of your pocket. So yeah. there's a lot of things that people don't, do not understand when they're, when they're dealing sure. with businesses in general. Sure.
1: You know, I'm sure. going to change gears here for a second if we can. What about warranties on parts and service? There's always confusion about manufacturers, warranties, et cetera.
3: Right. Uh, well, a, a shop should probably have pretty good partner with who they get parts from. Mm-hmm. You have really a couple different areas. It's usually 12 months, 12,000 miles from my experience in other shops. Uh, and then there's also some other things that are longer sometimes uh ac components like ac compressors and and ac systems should be maybe more of a lifetime warranty sometimes they're three or thirty six thousand um those kind of things um should always ask what warranty you have and keep your receipts um you keep your receipts you know what's happening you do a wheel bearing you say hey i got some wheel bearing noise again sounds just like before you know what are we going to do um that shop should be covered by the manufacturer warranty or the parts house that they get it from And that way the customer is covered as well what about a a warranty or guarantees on service like your your work Mm -hmm. uh that's always going to be for like for my shop for instance twelve thousand miles in 12 months on on my on my labor oh okay Um, and that's tied in that's tied into that part and occasionally it can be like i said a little bit more depending on what product we're putting on but at least gives them a peace of mind to do stuff. And that's also incentive for me to put, like I said before, the right part on the car. Right. You know, uh, otherwise we're just going to be doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's waste of labor even if you get the parts for, for free. Are your manufacturers pretty good about supporting you on these parts? Some are and some aren't, yeah. Um, and, you know, the ones that, that you know, I want to partner with companies that stand up to their product, right, that they're going to back it and say, hey, look, we, we put our name on it, we're going to take care of it. And that's what I try to do, and, I, and I've done that in multiple businesses, um, you know, where you have you have a good vendor, you know that company's good, and they're going to take care of what's needed to be done, and you know you're putting good parts on because it doesn't happen often. 90% of the time when a car comes back to a shop, a good shop, it's a failed part, you know, and, and, and it's really no fault to the mechanic, it's just the part failed but um as long as you're able to you know have a good response and i think that's the important thing you know is not to hem and haw and be like well let's check it let's see what's just bring it in let me take care of it let's figure out what's going on let's get it done that's an important part of a warranty in my opinion
2: you know i have I'm, i want to change gears a little bit here and just ask you i'm just curious give us a, your opinion on different cars the brands the manufacturers what, which ones do you think hold up the best, and when and, and you see them last, right? angels fear to well, tread. So,
3: so here's, here's where I just go. I'm just going to tell you, we mechanics, we hate all cars. We, just, <laughs> we know the bad in all of them. Um, I think each manufacturer, truthfully, has its, its pros and cons, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it comes down to a lot of times styling and what you like. Ram has a hard time with transmissions. Chevy's had that problem lately, too. Is that um, trucks or is that, that, that so just the trucks? Just side? in general. No, it's in general. I the mean, in t- their cars, t- yeah, time. I mean, and, and, and uh, Fords have, you know, issues with cars misfiring and stuff. And now you're starting to see these uh, small leader displacements, the like you, where you see like a 1.8 or a 2.5 or 3.5, and they got turbos on them and all these other things. Um, these are all things that they're putting into vehicles, but they're not perfected yet, right? So they're going bad and they're working through it, so... New new vehicles, I don't see that often. You know, I see probably three years and older. Um, but some of the older ones, you know, I always look at repairability, right? What, can it be repaired, and can can a lot of places work on it? If I'm, you know, in Wichita, Kansas, can I get a guy to take care of my my misfire? Um, you know, if I'm driving a BMW, I may not I may not have that. You know, I may have to find a specific European uh, shop. Um so those kind of things are what I think about. But uh but I will say Toyotas, Hondas, um, they haven't cheapened their product at all. They they still do really well.
2: You know, it's it's funny, and I'm from Detroit originally, so it is it is We a, won't hold that against you. Yeah, it is a crime to buy a foreign vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's it, at least it used to be. But I have had I got a couple of Toyotas and I it's been surprising how well, they have just yeah, they're low. They're low Nothing done to Would them. Would you
1: like to share your Escalade story by any chance? What oh, my point?
2: Escalade was fine. It's yeah. just my wife destroyed it in one year. But uh, should, should that should had nothing should to we do we back with the Escalade. Up and cut
1: that out. <laughs> that
2: had nothing to do with the Escalade. Angel, I hope you're not
1: listening. <laughs> that's funny. Don't
2: worry about that. That's funny.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Toyotas. The Toyotas are very low maintenance. They're they're yeah. very good, very good vehicles. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. The, these new these manufacturers a lot of stuff's getting legislated in you know and they're starting to do a lot of the safety stuff like we have talked about and lane departure and adaptive cruise control and these are works in progress really well, you
1: know we, we touched about how technology has has changed things with people going on the internet but how about how technology has changed things the way cars are built it's not like it used to be where you go in there and address the uh, you know adjust the carburetor with a screwdriver right. now there's computers everything's electronics I mean the the difference in what a mechanic had to know, 20 years ago
3: mm-hmm.
1: or 30 years ago compared to today, I mean, you guys almost have to be a rocket scientist.
3: You know, I think what I'll, what I'll kind of dumb it down to to make it simple is is they've made problems a lot more intermittent, right? Before, so to speak, it was a lot easier to get to things, and it was kind of like a light switch, you know. It was either on or off a lot of times, um, or you could adjust a carburetor or something to change mm-hmm. drivability now that's all a lot of it's electric so it's it, you get uh you know stuff that's working for 1 minute and then not and we're testing it and we'll f- think it's broken and then it starts working and we're like what are we going to do with that so it has made things easier in some regards in terms of a place to start so when you plug your you know have somebody plug an obd reader into your car and they're reading the trouble codes um it gives the mechanic a place to start it knows, lets us know what circuit or what area we need to go to but from there we have to test those individual things you know like a purge solenoid or event solenoid something in the evap system or a mission system mm-hmm. that's that's really the most prevalent types of codes
1: well i tell you what it, you know another thing i was thinking about is uh shouldn't there be a detailed invoice every time when the repairs are done and completed shouldn't there be everything written out that was done th- absolutely
3: that, right? absolutely yeah. lots
1: of times that's not even done and I I don't know why, but it seems like that would be you. You always do that in your business.
3: You should have uh, parts on one side, labor on the other, and then a total. Yeah, it should always be itemized. Let them know exactly what it is. Part numbers on there and everything. That way, they know what they're getting. Dan, That's is a that very what you get deal.
1: with all these repairs you make?
2: <laughs> Listen, um, <laughs> with, with with my trucks, I you know I hate to say this, it's, you know we'll bring we'll bring a truck in and and it's clean and it's 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 in great shape. And the, and and the guy that does my buying for me i mean he he makes me hop on these trucks and 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 get out get on my knees and look at the the bottom and just <laughs> how clean they are and i ride them and i and i think to myself well i'm never gonna get back in one of these trucks finally but when i do get back in them I mean, it's amazing how beat up they are and it is amazing when people just don't care or they keep driving when they hear a noise or or there's a problem you know they, they they they'll drive these things until the wheels fall off or or you know until the brakes just literally will not even work anymore and when you do those things it's amazing how much money it costs you
3: mm-hmm.
2: to uh to get the get them repaired at that point as opposed to just bringing them in right right
1: have you uh have you found that um that your employees because you provide the trucks do they do they kind of take care of the trucks or they just don't care they- and they Destroy them, Jim. <laughs> like I just well, said. But mean, yeah, I, well, well, I well, to... why do you think that is though? Why would, I mean? Why wouldn't they take better care of the truck? Yeah, you why?
2: would. You would think that they would. I especially mean,
1: especially because it's not theirs.
2: You spend more. <laughs> well, no. I mean that. you Listen. I mean that. That's the thought process, right? That it's not theirs and they don't care. Um, but you spend more time in that truck than you do at your own house. Um, you spend more time with that You would think you'd want to keep it nice, but you know the the. the the, the other part of it is too, right? If I got to switch them out of a truck, right? I mean, they get broke down on the side of a road. It costs them earnings that day. Right. Maybe the next day we've got to switch them into another truck. You know, that's a pain. There's a lot of, you know, we're, we're bringing right. a lot of parts into another truck. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me that, that people would behave that way. But you know, you see people that are really rough and I'm sure you're, you know, especially if you're dealing with fleets, I'm sure you're
3: seeing a lot of that. Number one complaint of all my fleet customers is their is their drivers. You know their 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 employees that are just beating up the cars. And you get the outlier one or two really want to take care of it because they realize, right? Hey, I take care of this, I make more money, right? Um, Most of them know the thought process, well, it's not mine, you know, I'm just going to keep going because I need to get, I need to get the appointment so I can make that money on that appointment, you know, get that done and then I'll worry about this later and then the next day they're booked and they say, well, I'll worry about it the next day, you know, and (laughs) the meantime, the owner's there, you know, two weeks later and it went from a wheel bearing to the wheel fell off, now I got to do body work, now I got suspension work, now I got, you know, all these things, so. It it runs a huge
2: tab up, I mean, I can, I can tell you that and, and. I guess just the the mentality, and it's funny too, you go, oh, why don't you fire him, right? Why don't you fire him? Well, the reality is.
3: Yeah, we are been
2: talking about how hard it is to yeah. get somebody right, right? and and, right. and even though they're beating up your truck yeah. you can't get rid of them right. well
1: we're up against a break again guys if you're just tuning in you're listening to the all four seasons home show here with dan watkins our sponsor myself jim nearchus we're with dj feast of joe's automotive and i want to remind you to listen to us live on the extra 106.3 app Download it on your smartphone. You can listen to the station anytime you want. If you're not near a radio on Saturday morning, just download the app and listen to us. We'll be right back with more tips from DJ after this break.
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3
1: welcome back to the all four seasons home show with your sponsor dan watkins i'm jim Nearkis, and we're here this week with dj feast of joe's automotive uh, DJ's given us all kind of tips and advice on how to choose a mechanic a repair shop and what to look out for so you don't get ripped off and i want to ask you uh one of the main complaints of people when they get their car repaired is how long it's going to be before they get their car back you have any comments on that what's yeah it's a, it's a tough timeline there what's
3: funny is it's one that i go constantly back and forth with with mm-hmm. my mechanics right because they want you to push it out as long right. as you can they don't want the stress of doing it and i own a business i want to put numbers out there and get right. cars out and turn customers over and get their cars back uh it, it really is dictated by parts at this point with with everything going on mm-hmm. um you know some stuff is is everything's still available but it's maybe across town or whatever right. but right. you know really a shop, depending on the type of work, and most of it's general repair, right? Two to three days is really Mm -hmm. the longest you should be down without a car. If it's an engine, you're putting in an engine or something like that, you know, a couple weeks is probably accurate. And sometimes you have to wait on parts, right? Well, I think that's something a customer should be asking the the shop, right? So, okay, we need these things. When am I going to get it back? Okay, why am I going to get it back in three days? You know, and let them explain to you. It may be because they have five or six cars in line in front of it it may be because you know if i'm ordering from uh, a dealership or something i may not get the parts for a couple days so well
1: dan you've had a major problem with getting parts because of the virus right well yeah
3: i absolutely. well listen we've we're our our
2: doors and we're doing better than most but um yeah trucks coming in late i mean a lot of people truthfully that buy the same garage doors as me right now are it's taking them five times longer it's taking them 15 weeks to get their doors in where you know, we can get ours in, in three weeks. Now, it could be three and a half, it could be four, four and a half. That's bad, right? I mean, that, but that's, that's still better than, than mm-hmm. 15 weeks. How bad is it for you right now because of the, the Corona? And then the other
3: thing, are you seeing your costs on these parts really go up? So I haven't seen any increase in costs necessarily. Um, certain things are, are going to oil is one of them. I'm paying about two dollars a gallon more for my bulk oil than I was, say, a year ago. So some things have. Parts are available. They're not as available as they were. So the inventory is a lot less and I'm having to order from warehouses or ship things in where normally I'd have it in 30 minutes. Well, that
2: can cost you too, though, right? You get your main supplier that you get a part for a certain price and now you get to go
3: across town to somebody
2: else. That can cost. Yeah,
3: that makes it tough. Uh, It does make it tough. And, you know, you try to not transfer that cost over, but inevitably it gets transferred over to the customer. But for the most part, parts have been available. You know, a lot of parts are coming from other parts of the world, unfortunately. Even for the domestic cars, they're not really made here. So, you know, it's one of those deals where they may still be in production. And it's really been more the supply chain getting to the warehouse is has been the shortage. So... Um, they're still there they're available but like i said they may be a day away versus 30 minutes away
2: now how about dealerships you know there's a lot of people that just want to go into the dealerships my personal experience with dealerships is that's the last place i want to take it for price and getting my vehicle back in time i've had some really awful you know even warranty issues with but with the truck that i'm driving right now um (laughs) Again, I won't say who it was, but you know, I was having the same thing go out with this throttle booster. I had the EcoDiesel first year with the Dodge, and you know, every 10,000 miles, I was losing power. I could just barely get up my driveway and get it in. They'd make me wait for five days just to, to diagnose it to see if it was under right. warranty, which, of course, after you do it over and over, you know it is, but they <laughs> still make you do it. Now you right. got to come back. Now you can get a <clears throat> rental car. Now it takes three days, et cetera.
3: How do you feel about that? I know you want all the work yourself. It's, it's kind of like going to a casino in Vegas. They're built for a reason, right? And they got to <laughs> they got to be paid one way or another, you know? And these dealers, they have to, I think it's like every five years, they have to remodel their their, uh, their place and everything to keep up with whatever brand standards are there from the manufacturer. So they got to make money. So you're going to get enough uh, things that they throw at you where they're going to get something from you that maybe you may or may not have needed. That being said, car under warranty should go back to the dealer, right. you know. Uh, but there is some of that, so yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm biased to you know wanting more of the stuff, but I, I think there's <clears> a little bit more of a numbers game versus a personal relationship. Is there
2: ever a time if it's not under warranty that you you should go to the go to the dealer? Or you would ever tell somebody to go to the dealer?
3: Uh, there is instances where we do wheel bearings on a Toyota Tundra or a Tacoma or a Highlander or any of those SUVs. They're a very specific wheel bearing that has to be pressed in with a special piece of equipment. Nobody has it but the dealer. Uh, right. those kind of things do. You know, other other cars there have been some internal engine stuff that maybe the dealer is probably a little bit better equipped because they see more of those problems. So certain times there is, and that's really something a shop should should tell you. You know, when it's when it's out of their uh when it's out of their scope of work that they do, they're as liable for that repair as anybody, right? So they own it they repair it so at that point i think it's time for them to say hey you know i think the dealer might be a little bit better equipped to figure this out you know we had an electrical problem on a gmc it was a mid-2000s gmc truck and it just everything was going wrong you know constantly and you'd fix one part and the next thing and eventually you have to say we either need to get rid of this or we need to take it to the dealer and the dealer told them the same thing you need to get rid of it because you know it's just not going to get fixed
2: you know another thing i know you're well actually i don't know this for sure if you sell tires but um i'm sure you know plenty about tires you know, you got cheap tires, you got mid-grade, you got
3: really expensive tires. How do you feel about, you know, what, what tire you should purchase for the money? Sure. Um, Well, I don't, I don't sell tires at my shop. Um, I invested more on maintenance of tires. So alignments and things like that is what I did and kind of went after that part of the business um, with, with other places that do sell tires. But, you know, the cheaper tires, you're seeing a lot of these off brands and Chinese stuff. And I, and I think really a budget is, is something that you want to deal with. It's like off brand, you know, cereal or something at the grocery store that being said you know the staples that have been around the michelins and those that have been around for years you're going to get the best life out of them it's worth the extra investment to get those
2: but you got to rotate them to you or do. otherwise
3: you're not going to get that life out. goes of them, right? back to that whole you know hundred dollars per thousand miles deal yeah i mean you gotta you gotta get in alignment after you get tires and have them rotated every really every 10 and now you're having some of these cars with the new oil the zero w20 that's seventy five hundred miles for an oil change just rotate them every oil change it's really the best way to do it have them rotated rotated right balanced and then you're good to go is there anything you can look for
2: when you're looking at your own tires to to tell that they're not balanced correctly
3: balance no balance you'll feel when you're driving so if you're getting a wobble at say 35 to 50 miles an hour but you can accelerate or decelerate out of it that's going to be the balance of the tire right so you got a little vibration that you don't normally feel Okay, you can look at the wear though. Uh, definitely, you can run your hand along a tire when it's parked, and if it's you know kind of choppy where there's peaks and valleys, you know you probably have some toe issues. Your toe geometry's off off. Um, you know where the tires are pointed, so to speak. Um, if they're real smooth on the inside or outside of the tire and worn smooth like like skin, that's going to be a camber issue. Those are alignment issues. Those are things you can look at, and the customer can. They can take a flashlight and look at them, or rub their hand down them and see. You know something's going on with these tires. Um, that being said. Bad toe geometry is the number one wear of tire. It'll wear them out in five thousand miles. Um, so if that's not done right, you know you can you can go ahead and kiss that money goodbye. Um, but but you I know. know all about
1: that. <laughs> well, you know, DJ, it, it's been great having you here, and uh, we appreciate all your information you had mentioned that you might have a special offer for the all four seasons home show audience
3: sure yeah I uh, appreciate you guys having me on and and uh, if you mention the show and me being on it we'll give you a free diagnostic hour we that's
1: great and what plus. how do people get in touch with you
3: uh, so they can uh, well they can they can google us uh, they can google Joe's automotive and we'll pop up pretty quick my website's Joe's automotive or you can uh, just look at one of the highest rated auto shops in woodstock you'll find us
1: where is your shop located
3: exactly. i'm near uh i'm near bell's ferry on highway 92 uh just over on the cherokee county side of, okay great of, uh, well folks
1: uh, it sounds like if you're looking for a new mechanic it may be worth uh, if you're not right there next to him it may be worth the drive right dan
3: yeah for
2: sure i think i'm gonna have to check him out myself
1: I'd like to thank you, Dan, for sponsoring uh, the All Four Seasons Home Show, All Four Seasons Garage Entry Doors. And we also want to thank David Dickey of Dickey Broadcasting for giving us the opportunity to be here on Atlanta's only conservative news talk station, Extra 106.3, home of Fox News Radio. We're here every Saturday morning at 9. Don't forget to tune in because next week we're going to have Pat Fricano of Lifetime Fitness, Dan. Have a great week.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com save. That's worthybonds.com save and save and win.